why don't you give that over to the Lord now? And you can trust him to care for you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, team. Welcome to church. Um, for those of you who are here in person, we're a bit quiet tonight. Um, we've got a team of our young people over in Melbourne. They have just finished attending the Planet Shakers Conference, so they're going to come back and shake us, I imagine. And for those of you who are joining us online, welcome. 2024, how has it been? <laughs> Long, <laughs> we just started. <laughs> um, so last week, our first service of the year, Jessie, who was emceeing, she said that it felt like someone had blown the whistle and people started running, but she only had one shoe on and tooth toothbrush still in her mouth. How many of us feel that way? <laughs> and um, I was speaking with a young adult um, this week, and she told me that she was pleasantly surprised last week when she came to church because Christmas had been great, but it's been busy. It's been full. It was a great time. And then she got home from holidays, hit the ground running, and <clears throat> went straight into work. And she felt like now she needed a holiday from her holiday, and she just felt like, oh, my goodness, you know, she's just hit the ground running. And then she came to church the first week of the year, and we say, pause my life. And she was like, oh, that is so good. So that is exactly what we're going to do this month. Let us take a moment to pause. Um, we're going to take time to revisit, reflect, and plan, and then let's go together, okay, for the year. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to revisit, reflect, and plan. So all through this series, Pause My Life, that's what we're going to do. Each of the speakers are going to reflect from the book of Colossians, and then we will invite you to do your own reflection as well. So a little bit of background on the book of Colossians. Paul wrote this letter to, to the church in Colossae, um, and Paul wrote it in prison while he was in prison. And it is possible that Paul actually never met the people that he wrote to in Colossae face to face. Most likely, one of his teammates, Epaphras, was the one who shared the gospel with the people in Colossae and planted that church. There are four chapters in the book of Colossians. First chapter, Paul commended them on the great job they are doing on loving each other. Paul said, you're doing a great job. You're loving each other really well. And then Paul went into a little bit of the theological teaching about how Christ, Jesus, is supreme over everything. You'll see why. When he got to chapter 2, he started refuting some of the false teachings that have infiltrated the church. These false teachings were, if you want to follow Jesus, these are the rules you need to follow. You need to eat certain foods. You need to abstain from certain foods. You need to worship angels because Jesus alone is not enough. There's more out there. There's more mystery. There's more secret. That's why in chapter 1, Paul clearly stated that not Jesus is enough. He is supreme. He is enough. So the, 
I want you to note that the false teachings all had to do with external stuff you do. Eat, don't eat, do this, do that, all right? And then in chapter 3, Paul told them what really, really mattered. It was not the external stuff you do or don't do. He was talking about our internal posture towards God. Paul was reminding everybody to focus their heart on Jesus. It is not the external stuff. Paul said, put to death, take off all of the bad internal stuff, and then put on Jesus and be like him, all the internal stuff, kind, forgiving, tender-hearted, humble. And then in chapter 4, he encouraged them to keep praying, and then he had a list of individuals that he gave greetings to. The whole book takes 13 minutes to read, according to Christy Mism, our lead um, minister, according to Google, because that's where we get our information. Google it. Right. So I'm going to pray as we reflect tonight on the book of Colossians. Holy Spirit, would you prepare our hearts? Would our hearts be soft? Is your heart soft tonight? Maybe you don't like the speaker, but that's okay. God is still here. God can still speak to you. <laughs> is your heart soft tonight? Just, just do a little bit of a check with God. And say, God, I'm ready to listen. I want to hear you. Speak to me. Amen. Have you ever known someone for a while and then you see a different side to them and it kind of shocks you a little bit? Yeah, some of you are nodding very emphatically. Well, I, um, I have a friend. Her name is Jazz, and she, she is the most demure. She's really, she's pretty, she's demure, she's petite. She is gentle, she is kind. And yeah, you, you get the picture. Anyway, so um, we work together in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur, in a very busy city. We worked in the same office together. We actually didn't work in the same organization, but we shared the same office. And uh, my husband and I also, my husband also worked in that office, but that day he had gone home and I needed transport home. And I said, Jess, would you like to take me home? I had never asked Jess to take me home before. And she said, sure. So, you know, at the end of the day, we were happily chatting away and we got to her car and still happily chatting away. We got into her car, still happily chatting, put on seatbelt. She started the car and she was driving. She was still lovely. Let me give you a little bit of background on the traffic of Kuala Lumpur. It is orderly. It's actually orderly. It is not like uh, some uh, other Asian countries. It's actually quite orderly. Um, it's just there's a lot, a lot of cars and a lot and a lot of little scooters. The people who ride these scooters, thinks that they, are, they think that they are above the law, they think that red light means nothing, and it is stressful when you're trying to drive a car and trying not to kill anybody. So anyway, so I, you know, it, it was all lovely, we were still in the parking lot, we were still chatting, as soon as the tires hit the road of Kuala Lumpur, Jazz transformed. She just immediately transformed. She turned into, she was intense. She was aggressive. She, she didn't swear or anything because she's a lovely Christian girl. But she was, you know, and I was like, 
oh my word, what happened? Split second, and this happened. And it was not a relaxing ride. And I never asked her to drive me again. And her husband later said, oh yeah, should have told you. That's why I drive. Often, we get to know someone and we think they are one-dimensional. But we forget that nobody is one-dimensional. Are you one-dimensional? You're someone who loves to eat meat, pie, meat pies. That's the end. No, there's other sides to you. Okay, I'm going to show you a picture. Um, I googled 2D versus 3D, and I found this picture. Now, I found a lot. I didn't draw this. Not sure that I could do a better job, but I didn't draw this. I googled it, and I thought this was the best one of all Google Internet the world. So here I am. I've got the best 2D versus 3D picture for you, okay? So often we think of someone 2D, right? Someone as 2D when we get to know them. But we know that nobody is 2D. God made us in his image. If we, the created beings, are not 2D, and there's so many facets to us, what more God? If we are 3D, 4D, whatever, how many Ds, I don't know, I don't know science um, or maths, um, God will have so many more Ds, you can imagine. Like, there would be so many more facets to God. Colossians 1.10 says, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. I remember being a youth, I had fallen in love with Jesus, and for a while I felt like maybe this, was, this is it, and how wrong I was. It was so not it. There was so much more to God. And um, there is a song that I love. It says, the more I seek you, the more I find you. And that is a promise. If you seek God, you will find him. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. He promised over and over, the more I seek you, the more I find you. And the more I find you, the more I love you. That's our God. The more facets you see of him, the more you love him. One of our key values at Door of Hope is growing, continually growing. And I love that. Now, this morning we had Wayne speaking. Now, Wayne is not what we call young. <laughs> he is kind of the opposite of young. <laughs> but you know what he said this morning? And I wanted to sob. He said that being on the teaching team now is God's grace to him, that he has an opportunity to grow. Do you know that when someone has to speak, you have to grow, you have to learn, you have to study, you have to seek God, you have to pray, you have to work with people. He said it's an opportunity for him to grow, learning and being mentored. And I was sitting there going, what? Isn't that wonderful? If you're not done, you're not dead, God's not done. All right? So we want to continue to grow. And one of the ways of growing is growing to know God's character more and more, seeing the many facets of God. So that's what I want to encourage you to, to do in the book of Colossians. As you read the book of Colossians, pick out what it says about God and try and read between the lines, you know? Don't just look in the words, you know? Just try and see what God is saying to you. I pick out four facets of God from the book of Colossians. First, God, our creator and sustainer. 
Through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the earth, he made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him, and he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. God is our creator, and he is our sustainer. Secondly, God, our rescuer, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sin. Third, God is holy. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. That's third, God is holy. And fourth, God of peace. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as member of as member of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. It is important that we don't look at God just as one facet. God is our creator and sustainer, full stop. Or God is our rescuer, full stop. Or God is holy, full stop. Because you're not getting to know God. It is one facet. You limit him, and you don't grow when you do that, right? Now, do you get happy? I hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, go to McDonald's and get a happy meal. <laughs> do you, why, do you get ang- why do you get happy? Because God made you in his image. He gets happy. Do you get angry? Yeah, when the Wi-Fi is not working, yeah? Um, God doesn't get angry when the Wi-Fi is not working, but um, <laughs> the fact that we get angry is because God created us in His image. There are things that anger Him. The question to ask when we're getting to know someone is to ask, what makes them happy? What makes them angry? What are they passionate about? What makes them excited? What are some of the stuff where they go, don't sweat it? So let me ask you, as you read the book of Colossians, do that. Look in there and see what makes him happy. What makes him really passionate? What is he saying, hey, guys, don't sweat it? Okay, and that is how we get to know God. So let's revisit. If there was a time when you didn't believe in God, didn't follow Jesus, and then something changed and you encountered God and you, you now follow Jesus, I want to ask you, what was God like to you then? before and after you come to faith, okay? Just hold that thought if that's you, yeah? For those of you who've been Christians all your life, I want to ask you, what was God like? How would you describe God three years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago? Some of you not alive yet, but um, yeah, I was barely alive. Um, just, Just hold that thought if that's you, okay? What was God like before? And if you don't call yourself a Christian, thank you for joining us. All are welcome. We love having you. I want to ask you, why are you here? Why are you watching online? Why are you here? What is it? How would you describe God? What's your perception on God? Has it changed since you've been exploring? I want you to hold that thought, okay? 
I'm going to share my reflection on revisiting of who God was to me. My first impression of God was that He is my rescuer. He has rescued me from the kingdom of darkness and transferred me into a king, the kingdom of His dear Son. I grew up in a Christian home. When I say that, I don't mean we were Christians. I say I grew up in a Christian home. We went to church, but we didn't know God. By the time I was a teenager, my family had stopped going to church, and I went into all things unhealthy. Everything you don't want your teenager to get into, and teenagers, everything you shouldn't get into, I got into. And it was bad. And I got so depressed. I got so angry. The rage within me. I used to smash things. And it still wasn't enough. And then I would smash people. And that wasn't enough. So I would hurt myself. It was so consuming. I was in this horrible place, and I did not understand why I had to be here. Life was hopeless, helpless, purposeless. I was a waste of space, sucking air, wasting air. It was awful. Overnight, I encountered Jesus and his love, and overnight, he transferred me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, and I was forgiven and I was set free. So God, my rescuer. The next thing was that God is holy. I started reading scriptures. The Holy Spirit started working in my heart. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Oh, there was so much. <laughs> Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. That was my world. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. When everything else failed, money was the only thing to me that would hold anything. So money was my goal. You used to do, uh, because of these things, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time I started following Jesus. Now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. I was so foul-mouthed, if that was something I could brag, I had such a reputation in my city, I tell you. It was quite, quite a thing. Yeah, not good. All right, don't lie to each other, for you've stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator, as I started to get to know Jesus and started to become like Him. But you know what? I didn't do this, mm, and then I'll be better. I didn't. I drew near to God. I went to church. I worshiped. I read scriptures. I studied the Bible with a group of youth who was so nerdy. I loved them so much. And it was, and the Holy Spirit just did this work in my heart. I call it intense operation cleanup. And um, that was my early years. That was my view of God, my rescuer, and He is holy. 
And then I began to settle down, and I see different sides to God as I started to get into the things that He called me into. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom He gives. We used to, in the youth group, we were all, they were very nerdy, and I kind of became like them. We were all nerdy. And we would like make these little bookmarks with scriptures. Yeah, we read the actual Bible then where we actually use bookmarks, and we read actual books then. So we were like every Saturday, youth group happened on Saturday, we all come with our bookmarks and our little letters that we'd encourage each other with and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you say or do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I was learning as I learned to know what Jesus is like, I was learning to be a representative of God. So now I'd like to ask you, who was God to you? I want you to rewind three years, five years, ten years, and have a think. I'm going to give you a moment to have a think. Thank you. Part of growing is getting to know God more and more. While what we originally thought of God, there has to be more. There has to be more. So seeing more and more of God and loving Him more and more as a result. So I'm going to ask you, now in your journey, what side of God is He trying to reveal to you now? Okay? This is my reflection. As I read Colossians and reflect on it, I keep on coming to this verse, and I keep getting drawn to it. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all the wisdom He has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Telling others, warning others, teaching them, presenting them to God perfect in their relationship with Christ, this is disciple-making. This is disciple-making. And this is the part that gets me. That's why I work and struggle so hard. Should following Jesus be like this, that we work and struggle so hard? Now, God has a job for me to do this disciple-making business. It does require me to work. And yes, sometimes we struggle. Paul struggled, he said clearly here, right? And the, the apostles, they struggled. This Christian life is not... Maybe we could cut the music because I feel like I have to be all nice and gentle. I don't want to be. All right. Um, 
So the Christian life is not one that we get forgiven and then we sit around, kumbaya, kumbaya, and then we go to heaven. Unfortunately, no. Jesus loves people too much. He, he loves people so much. He wants people back in relationship with him. How can people get back into relationship with him? Us. It's through us. <laughs> we have to go and share it. We have to go and share it. All right? So we have a job to do. And we sometimes need to persist because it sometimes gets hard. Gets hard. And I'm going to be honest. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's just disappointing. But you know what? Jesus died on the cross. It hurt him more. And he is worth it all. So I'm going to say, God, you love people so much. You love me so much. Fine, I'm going to work. I'm going to, if I need to struggle, I will in this disciple-making business. Okay, God has a job for me to do. So I'm learning that he is my Lord. He is my master. He is my boss. Okay? But, everybody say but. So say but. Online, say type but. <laughs> say it like you mean it. When I'm at Hope Discovery Center, they love it when I ask them to say but. Because they can't spell. This but has only one T. There is a second part to this verse. There is another facet of God here. Yes, we work and struggle so hard. What? Depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. If God is only our master and expects us to do it all, then he's a slave master. What's there to love? No, we struggle and work hard, but we depend on his power that is at work within us. But his power is not one that's over there. We need to fast for 50 days and read 15 chapters of the Bible each day before we can have any power to do anything. No. Colossians 1.27 says, this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you, Finley. Christ lives in you. His power is within us. And we can rely on him, on his power. So as I do this work, I rely on his love for me and his power that is at work within me. So how do I do it? I ask him to fill my heart with his love because I can't do it without love. It's all about love. And I ask him what he wants me to do because there's so much to do. But I ask him what he wants me to do. If an idea pops into my head, that is in line with God's word, and it seems like what Jesus would do, I do it. And I also do what I get given to do by my leaders. I do it faithfully. And then I ask him to help me a lot, a lot, a lot. Me talking now, I ask him to help me a lot, a lot. And then I ask other people to talk to him to ask him to help me a lot. And I keep coming back to him. When I'm scared or tired or frustrated, I run to him for love and comfort. And when I see fruit in the work, I shout loudly to God and sometimes dance like a maniac. This morning I said I dance in the fridge, not the fridge, in the kitchen. I sometimes dance like a maniac in the kitchen and my kids see it and they're so embarrassed, but God likes it. So I keep coming back to him. As I devote myself to this, God has been showing me that he is trustworthy. He is dependable. I can rely on him. And there are times when I feel like I can't go on anymore, and he pulls me through and then some. 
This is what God has been showing me of himself. So what facet of God is he trying to show you? Notice the patterns and the themes. Don't, don't be so quick to dismiss things. Have a think. Ooh, this thing keeps coming up. I, I wonder if God's trying to say, say something to, him, to me. Perhaps God is showing you that he is the creator and sustainer, and he is calling you out to nature more. Maybe he's calling you to study science. Um, Wayne was saying this morning, in the work of pathology, when he looked at human tissues, was when it fell from here to here that God is our creator, and he's amazing. It took zooming down to the tiniest thing to see the bigness of God. So maybe that's you. I hope that's you and not me, because I don't like nature and I don't like science. Perhaps God is showing you that he is your rescuer. Are you stuck in sin? Are you feeling hopeless and helpless? Are you feeling lost? Are you feeling purposeless? He is your rescuer. He has rescued you, transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. All you need to do is say yes, and it's yours. Perhaps it's revealing to you that he's a holy God and operation intense, intense operation cleanup is needed. But it's not something you'll, mm, I try harder. It is not. You come to God. God does it. You cling on to God. He does it. Perhaps he is showing you that he is the God of peace and you've been lacking peace. You've been desperate for peace. Come to him. Perhaps he's calling you to say yes to his call to make disciples. And he is calling you to put in the work, relying and depending on his love and power for you. What facet of God is he trying to reveal to you now? I'd just like to pause now and give you a moment to reflect. What are some of the themes that keep coming up? What do you keep hearing? As you learn, as you get to know more and more of God, you will grow and you will love him more and more and more. Last question. What can I do to learn more about this side of God? Who will I journey with? Maybe you are new, you are exploring, and you have questions. Do Alpha. 
we'll have an alpha starting next month, I believe, do alpha. Alpha is a place where you can ask questions, you learn the basics, you get free food, free good food, what not to like. Maybe you need to join a life group. Maybe you've been coming to church, that's great. Maybe you've been watching online, that's great. Week after week, that's great. Do you know when I came to faith, a few other friends came to faith alongside me. I was the only one who joined a group. And we studied scriptures, we worshipped, we did life together, we made bookmarks for each other, some of which I still have. Out of me and my friends, I'm the only one who still follows Jesus. It is so important, being in a group, growing together in community. Jesus never calls you to do your relationship with him by yourself. It doesn't work. My pastor back home says, if you don't walk with the flock, you become lamb chop. <laughs> so you join a life group. Maybe you want to read a book. Maybe you're learning about the holiness of God or God being creator. You want to find a book to read about it, and you want to study scripture about it. Do it, but ask someone else to do it alongside you so that you can meet and you can discuss and you can do that together. Maybe you need to find an accountability partner, and maybe you need to speak to someone about it. There are leaders and there are ministers and here who would love to help you, who would love to help you along your journey. We are all growing. So I'm going to pray for us. Father God, I want to thank you. I, I want to thank you that our Christian life is not one that we just get rescued and then we just sit around and wait. It is not. You call us into relationship with you, and it doesn't stop there either. You call us deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. You show us more and more and more and more. When we think that, oh, maybe this is all that it is, how wrong would be? Because there'd be so much more. Lord, I pray that tonight you give us such a vastness in our heart, uh, uh, an understanding of there being so much more to you, Lord. There is so much more to learn. And the more I seek you, the more I find you, the more I find you, the more I love you. God, I pray that whatever it is you are revealing to each one of us, the facets of God that you are revealing to us now, that God, we will press in, we won't be complacent, we will lean in and we say, how can I grow in this knowledge of God? How can I grow to know God more? How can I know God more as my creator? How can I know God more as my God of peace? Lord, I pray that Holy Spirit, you draw us in Thank you, Lord, that you are so patient with us. Thank you that you love us so much. You accept us just as we are, but you love us too much to let us stay right where we are. 
there is so much more that you want to give to us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.